This is an AI Group podcast. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the most significant workplace relations issues of the month. This will be of interest to HR professionals and others trying to keep up to date with the many policy changes and debates and the latest commission and court decisions impacting on the workplace. The full members-only report is available on our website at aigroup.com.au in the policy section under Workplace Relations Policy and Advocacy. With me today to discuss the key aspects of this latest report, I'm speaking with Stephen Smith, Head of National Workplace Relations at AI Group, and I'm Tony Melville, Head of AI Group's uh, Communications Division. Now, Stephen, we're here today to discuss five issues. Uh, Firstly, penalty rates, labour hire, penalties for breaches of workplace laws, the ABCC, and annual wage review. And this will be out of date pretty quickly, potentially with the election on uh, in the next week or so. But just before we get going, we've also got our peer conference on the 3rd and 4th of June. Um, there's still places available to register for that. Uh, yes, uh, places are filling fast, but this will be an excellent conference with uh, a lot of the major players in politics, the Commission and uh, a range of other areas to debate the big uh, workplace relations policy issues uh, of the uh, the day. So, Which could be a very big uh, suite of changes should the government change. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we'll see what happens there in not too distant future. Now, just first of all, if we just go through these five issues over the next 10 minutes or so. Now, the first one is uh, penalty rates, but it's actually within Labor's proposal to remove the ability of the Fair Work Commission to make changes to awards that are of benefit to businesses. What's the story there, Steve? Well, everyone would remember the Commission's penalty rate decision of February 2017, which modestly adjusted Sunday and Uh, public holiday penalty rates for retail, fast food and hospitality workers. Uh, The Labor Party have a a policy of overturning that decision, but the reason why it's so relevant to all employers is the legislation that Labor has proposed to overturn the penalty rate decision would stop the Fair Work Commission Uh, making any award variations in the future that would uh, reduce the take-home pay of any employee and they would retrospectively apply that to February 2017. There's probably a 1,000 award variations that have occurred over the last uh, couple of years and uh, a lot of those uh, would be... uh, uh, in doubt if this legislation uh, went through. So we're talking massive back pay? Um, the, there's an issue about back pay um, potentially, but also, you know, we've had this massive four-yearly review that's been going on for five and a half years. There's lots of changes to clauses in all awards to deal with interpretation issues and uh, and so on that uh, could potentially be challenged. So it, it really is a, a sweeping proposition. Okay, and that's so that's hanging on the election outcome, of course. Now, the second issue um, of labour hire, it's, it's partly uh, hanging on the coming federal election, but it's also a Victorian government issue. So there's, there's two aspects of, of that. Um, the first is uh, the Victorian Labor Hire Licensing Arrangements commencing operations. So what do businesses need to be aware of there? Well, I think the first thing employers need to think about is 
this idea of labour hire is not restricted to what would ordinarily be seen as labour hire. The labour hire licensing scheme in Victoria, the one in Queensland and the one that's on hold in South Australia have very broad conceptions of labour hire that bring in a vast array of contracting arrangements. So the, the legislation in Victoria that uh, is currently about to uh, um, come into full operation uh, from uh, October this year would require labour hire companies, you know, broadly considered, to get a licence and those that use labour hire companies to only use a licence provider. You know, from April this year, uh, licences can be applied for, but uh, from uh, October this year, uh, employers will or businesses will only be able to use a licence provider. Okay. Well, just, just digging down into that, uh, the, the breadth of it, as you say, I'm a manufacturer of some heavy equipment. It's pretty special heavy equipment and I've got lots of people in my workplace that know how to service it. I hire out those, I, I give those workers and I send them out to companies and I charge those companies to service the equipment. Am I a labour hire company or am I a manufacturer? Well, all of those circumstances need to be carefully considered by businesses that provide services to other businesses that have a labour component, whether it's maintenance services, installation services, IT services. Um, this is the reason why every business that supplies labour of some sort to another business um, needs to look at the coverage because the, the three state schemes are different and they're very complicated definitions in there. Queensland, Victoria, South Australia. Yes. And so if you're uh, doing some of this work and you, you are accidentally a labour hire company by this definition, there's big penalties. What sort of penalties apply? Well, they differ in the, the three states, but uh, in two of the states, criminal penalties for those that supply labour without a licence or use labour without a licence, including uh, potential lengthy jail terms as well as huge uh, monetary penalties. But I suppose digging, digging into a bit far, but, but what's behind it? Why, why do we need these laws? Why do the governments feel they need them? These uh, laws have come out of uh, a focus in a few sectors like the horticulture industry and, uh, and others where uh, there has been a, a focus on uh, you know, a small number of parties that were not doing the, the right thing and, uh, you know, the, the, the governments have decided that they are going to regulate this area um, across uh, all industries on the okay. back of that. Okay. Well, that's that's one to keep an eye on as well in terms of both now and post-election if Labor got in because they're talking about a national system, aren't they? But, uh, the Labor Party is talking about a national system across all industries, but the coalition uh, current government uh, came out and announced uh, in principle, support for a national labour hire licensing scheme for the horticulture industry, the meat processing industry, the contract cleaning industry and the security industry. So it seems we're destined to have a national labour hire licensing scheme regardless of who wins government on the 18th of May. Okay, right. Now, the third issue in this brief podcast, higher penalty 
higher penalties for breaches of workplace laws. Now, this is one, again, that either side, no matter what happens in the election, uh, are going to support. So it's the coalition's expressed in principle support for the Migrant Workers Task Force recommendation that higher penalties be implemented for employers who breach workplace laws. What's the story there, Steve? Yeah, the, the coalition have expressed support for higher penalties, but also criminal penalties um, and jail terms for employers who uh, deliberately and systematically underpay their uh, employees. Now, we, AI Group has consistently opposed criminal penalties for underpayments. Uh, you know, criminal penalties uh, obviously would uh, come with a lot of significant implications. Uh, you know, they would uh, operate as a, a deterrent to investment and employment. But even if you look at it from the point of view of workers, a criminal case is not going to deliver any back pay to an underpaid worker. And any civil case about back pay would be most likely put on hold until the criminal case against the manager or the director or whoever works its way through the courts. Mm. It's not a sound proposition in AI Group's view. So it's a, it's a bad idea for a number of other reasons as well, of course. Mm. What are they? Um, well, well, the... the the most uh, important thing to keep in mind, I think, here is that the civil penalties for underpaying people under the Fair Work Act were increased by up to 20 times in 2017. And those higher penalties are no only now starting to work their way through the courts. So the issue has been comprehensively addressed and um, there isn't a need for uh, further higher penalties when they've gone up by such a huge amount just very recently. Sounds reasonable. Okay, the fourth issue, Labor's proposal to abolish the ABCC, the Australian Building and Construction Commission, if it wins government. So we've been very supportive of the ABCC and it's been in the news a lot with quite a number of uh, decisions and penalties often against the CFMEU recently. So what's the implications of that for the industry? Well, the implications of abolishing the ABCC are very serious. You know, there, there is a, a blatant disregard by the CFMEU or now the CFMEU as, as it is. The maritime. Um, with the yeah, amalgamation with the, the MUA. Uh, that union, as pointed out by judge after judge, blatantly disregards the workplace relations laws of the land and seems to have a business model of breaking the law and just simply treating the cost of the penalties as the cost of doing business. And there are a vast number of judgments, scathing judgments of leading judges uh, talking about the unacceptable conduct of the CFMEU and the fact that it is not improving. We really need a tough regulator that is prepared uh, and required to enforce the law against whoever breaks the law. So it's not just a matter of taking action against uh, unions like the CFMEU. The ABCC prosecutes employers who break the law. And uh, you know, if you get rid of the ABCC, there will be a lot of concern and um, 
you know, fear amongst employers that if they put their head up and they, they take uh, action against a union like the CFMEU, there will be intimidation and retribution. So we need a, an independent body to do that. Right, that's that's um, going to be a big argument post 18 May potentially. And the final issue, the annual wage review. What's AI Group proposing this year and perhaps compared with 2018, how is it looking? Well, the, the final uh, submissions in the annual wage review or the final hearings rather uh, are on, on the 14th and 15th of May. After that, the, uh, the expert panel of the commission will uh, adjourn and hand down their decision probably in the first few days of June. Uh, AI Group has proposed a 2% minimum wage increase. The ACTU is pushing for a 6% wage increase, which is obviously extremely uh, excessive in the environment where we have very low inflation and, uh, you know, unacceptable productivity levels. So we'll see what the Commission determines this year. But uh, last year they awarded a 3.5% increase, which, uh, again, we thought was uh, excessive given that inflation is, is running at well below 2%. That's right. And, and in, for some of those industries, if, say, a Labor government came in, they're talking about um, removing or, or putting back weekend penalty rates and putting money back into the hands of, of workers anyway. Would that have any implications for this sort of thing, the argument? Perhaps the biggest issue as it relates to the minimum wage with Labor's policies is the policy that they have of a living wage. And that um, concept is usually regarded as a, a minimum wage that's 60% of the median uh, earnings. Now, if that was to take place, the current minimum wage of about $720 would move up to about $800, so a, an $80 a week uh, wage increase, which would surely have very uh, negative uh, employment effects. Okay. And uh, that's all for now. We've been talking about the workplace relations issues of the month from the significant workplace relations issues brief for AI Group members, which is at aigroup.com.au and you'll have to log in as a member. I'll be talking with Stephen Smith, Head of National Workplace Relations at AI Group. And that's all for now. See you next time. <laughs>